CND Arts Practitioner. Episode 4, oh bless. Hello again and welcome to episode 4 of our podcast. This month's theme is all about quality. So, just to explain the title, we were at a national learning disability event recently, a big do, posh food, silver service, a minor celebrity presenter, all very lovely. However, on each table were decorations made by people with learning disabilities, adults. And if I can just describe them to you, essentially what they were was water bottles wrapped in tissue with some neon coloured shapes stuck on. Now, to my mind, you only have to spend five minutes on Pinterest to know that there are some great ideas for simple table centrepieces, so I'm not sure who thought these would do the job. It didn't stop there. A local community music group provided the entertainment. More accurately, one person without a disability played piano and sang, while some of the groups sang along, out of tune, and others banged drums off the beat. Don't worry, I can hear myself sounding like a cow, but at the end, the audience gave a standing ovation, and I have to ask myself, what were they applauding? What were the people judging their response against? Did they think that this was the cream of disability performance? It felt like the audience were celebrating the group simply being visible and present, hence our bless, rather than applauding the quality of the performance. And I can wholeheartedly understand that sentiment. People with learning disabilities should be visible and present in all areas of life. But for those of us working in the sector, my question would be, should we be selective about outward-facing work? With this in mind, I went along to visit the lovely folk at Interplay, the National Sensory Theatre based in Leeds. And Harriet Mawison-True, the Creative Engagement Coordinator, gave her view. I I think we need to be more critical of um, disability arts and work that is produced. I don't like the idea of there being a pity audience that that watches work that um, people with learning disabilities have made. I don't think that that's right. And I think that we should take more of a stance and be more critical um, of that work because that's where the quality is going to come from. It sounds hard-hitting, brutal almost, but is it? I've spent some time this year co-delivering training around effective communication with our researchers who are two women with Down syndrome. This training was delivered to nursing and social work students at the University of Leeds and a recurring piece of feedback was that the training had raised their expectations of what people with LD can do. So what were their expectations prior to the training, I wonder? And do we, as creative people working in this field, have a responsibility to consider this when we're putting together performances or pieces of work that will be seen by a wider audience than just friends and family? Steve Byrne is the Artistic Director at Interplay and celebrates the idea that great art can come from anywhere. I want to stop applauding the axis and get to the stuff when it gets really good. There's the Simon Cowell world, isn't there? which is you can't sing, you can't do this, you've got no personality, da, da, da. and, and that that's kind of comes from a very received place of what success is or what song is or what all those sort of things are, or performances. You know, they're kind of given, and, and I go, okay, they, they might be universal for us. I don't know. I don't think they are necessarily. But, I, and I think I used to be like that as a young theatre director, I used to be the sort of director that used to show you what to do and move you around because I'm better than you and I knew what my vision was. I think as you, certainly as I've got older and have worked more and more with actors, that collaborative nature is bigger than the vision that ever you have as a director. So I think you imply the same thing when you're working with people with learning disabilities, I think. 
you know, like we said earlier on when we were talking, have we seen anything by people with learning disabilities that's moved you? Yes, little instances of it or little moments of it, but that's the same thing is something that, that's the holy grail, and I think it's, it's really possible with the right directions, with the with director, sorry, the right team and and that goodwill. There's no reason. Maybe you need a longer rehearsal process as part of all of that to make it work, and and shouldn't make any excuses for that. That's just the way it is, you know, and on those things. So so I suppose it's, it's all of those things, really. Um, how do you get quality out of anybody? Well, that's a whole other question, isn't it? Now, of course, not everything is output driven and there's no doubt that the arts have a critical role to play in supporting communication, building confidence and enhancing lives generally. So, of course, quality doesn't just refer to the something at the end. We can also talk about quality in terms of the provision of a creative service or the creative process. Karen Bartholomew is a freelance dance artist based in West Yorkshire. In terms of an experience from coming to a session that I run, um, quality would be that young person or that individual um, enjoying their experience and wanting to come back. In my mind, I guess they're two separate things, the quality of the process and the quality of the product. Um, but the challenge as a, an artist is always going to go back to a quality of experience for a young person taking part. So everyone's going to get something different out of your provision or your activity. Um, but how can you bring that all together and shape the overall quality of everything that you do? And this viewpoint's echoed by James Whittle, a PhD student at the University of York specialising in devising and music theatre pieces. He was also the visiting composer in residence at Castaway Music Theatre in Goul. Quality for me is just for groups that I'm working with uh, achieving all that they can uh, with as much an understa understanding about what they are doing as possible. Um, so I don't compare you know, one group to another because each group has its own, um, its own context, its own personnel, uh, its own way of working. Uh, particularly as a visiting artist, understanding those things is really important to be able to figure out how you can fit into that group that already has its own processes. Um, so I can't apply one set of criteria and one value judgment from one group to another. That would be unfair. Um, but I think going further than that, uh, it's not that I'm trying to enable what, let's say, a group that um, consists of people with learning disabilities. I'm not trying to enable that group to um, become like, say, a, a professional group of chamber musicians I might have worked with because each context is vastly different. There's always a sense of um, risk with, in, in making performance um, because it might always go badly in either, in either scenario, but the, the question is, well, have, have we learned enough and have we, do we understand enough about what it is we're making for it to be um, our, our best representation of, of what we've been doing? Um, so in some respects, it's, not, it's seeing not performance as not sort of a final thing uh, and it must be perfect for that moment. It's more like the performance is a snapshot of where we've come to in the process. I think both Karen and James are championing the creative process and not wanting to limit either the experience or the possibility of a top 
quality output by heaping it high with expectation. However, they're both advocating for a professional approach that they would apply to any group they work with, rather than adopting a lesser or easier way for a group with learning disabilities. And over at Interplay, both Harriet and Steve are keen to encourage audiences to expect a high standard and feel confident that with the right process it is achievable. So, it feels like quality comes in several guises. There's the quality of experience that's all about people enjoying an activity, no matter whether they're competent or not. And then there's the quality of output, which is the combination and demonstration of skill and effort. Perhaps there's a danger that if we mix the two, we inadvertently undermine people with learning disabilities by not showing what the range of potential looks like. It'd be great to hear from you. What are your experiences of quality? Let us know about some fabulous work you've seen and perhaps tell us why you thought it was a top quality piece. What are your thoughts about quality? Can you sum it up in a sentence? Is it important? If you have other ideas, then please do let us know and let's get a conversation going. Email us at podcasts at purplepatcharts.org or find us on Twitter at purplepatcharts with the hashtag purplepodcast. Next time on the SEND Arts Practitioner, we're going to be looking at working with support staff, how great support enhances the experience of the person being supported, and how bad support undermines the whole process. We'll explore some of the reasons why support goes wrong and talk to people about how they tackle this. Just time to say thank you to our contributors, Harriet Mewison-True and Steve Byrne from Interplay, who have a new youth theatre just starting on Thursday evenings in their beautiful new space. And thanks also to Karen Bartholomew and James Whittle. The SEND Arts Practitioner is a Purple Patch production supported by Cape UK.